Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced today that there will be a vote held on the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill on Monday, as promised. Uh, There are also uh, rumblings that the Democrats will continue to pursue the $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill as well. We have a debt ceiling to deal with. And some say that the answer is just to tax the rich a little bit more let's get past all the headlines let's get into the dollars and cents what they mean and who is going to pay for all of this let's begin think you know the news of the day think again now it is easy for our minds to get caught up in just the sheer number of all the numbers because they are big and there is a lot and it is confusing Uh, But it looks like things are going to start coming to a head next week, uh, which means it's going to be a very important weekend uh, for President Biden and the administration. These are a lot of their priorities tied up in in these various spending bills. So we're going to break those down for a minute. We were talking earlier in the day today about who's going to pay for all of this. The administration is trying to assure members of Congress and voters that uh, it will be paid for somehow, some way. Uh, We also noted earlier today that Representative Ocasio-Cortez in her uh, gown wearing uh, to the Met uh, had the the big answer, tax the rich. Uh, Jay Evenson from the Deseret News joined us earlier today to talk about the fact that just to deal with the deficit spending, just the deficit, not counting the $29 we already owe, but just to deal with this big hole that we seem to have every year in spending more than we bring in as a nation, uh, that you would have to tax the rich at a hundred and two percent of their income. Yes, you'd have to tax them more than they actually make in order to just get it to balance in ten years in an entire decade. Uh, while speaking on the Senate floor this week, Senator Ben Sass, Republican from Nebraska, said that uh, while he admired uh, Representative Ocasio Cortez's gown and her tax the rich slogan on the back. He said, there's one word that needs to be changed. It's not tax the rich. Take a listen. So we're talking about new legislation that would radically raise taxes to the highest corporate tax tax rates in the industrial earth and yet still not pay for all of the new spending they're talking about. 
When deficits grow forever, opportunities shrink. We have a, a member of the House of Representatives who, in her super telegenic way, figured out how to get attention last week, week by wearing a dress that said tax the rich on the back of it. What the dress should really read is tax the young. Because history tells us very clearly when you deficit spend at the level that they're talking about doing here, this is a tax of current, older, and wealthier people against younger people. Uh, it is tax the young. And I would say that it actually represents the, the worst form of taxation without representation. Uh, this is taxation not just of the young. This is taxation of the yet to be born. Think about that for a minute. You want to talk about taxation without representation? All of this spending, all of this spending, both sides, uh, all that has been racked up, $29 trillion and counting by the second uh, that is the ultimate in taxation without representation uh, because it's not just going to be the young. Uh, it's going to be the yet-to-be-born are going to have to deal with the mess that is currently been created in our nation's capital. Uh, so that's where that taxing is going to go. It's not tax the rich. It's tax the young uh, and tax the yet-to-be-born. I guess that wouldn't have fit on her dress very well, so that's probably why she didn't put that on there. Uh, now, let's get to the proposals that are at hand and what you should be watching over the weekend. Uh, just today, in a press release, senators uh, urged those in the House of Representatives to pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. So just to refresh, this is the $1.2 trillion traditional infrastructure bill. Uh, was passed in the Senate uh, a month and a half ago. Been sitting in the House uh, as promised. Speaker Nancy Pelosi said there would be a vote on it by September 27th. That'll happen on Monday. Now, the interesting thing is that while the Speaker is prepared to put that on the floor of the House for a vote, there is a fairly high and increasing probability that it will not pass in the House. And it will not be because of the Republicans. Uh, there are many Democrats in the liberal wing of the Democratic Party who are saying, I'm not going to vote for that. Uh, they have been focused on the $3.5 trillion kind of mega uh, human infrastructure bill, whatever you want to call that. It's a reconciliation bill, uh, really a grab bag for uh, a lot of different things. And as we've been following that over the last few weeks, uh, of course, the Senate parliamentarian said, nah, you can't do immigration in that bill. There's been a few other things that have been booted out because they just don't have anything to do with it. Uh, and this is where we have to go back to, can we not just do these things in proper order? Can we not break these bills down to their components and vote on the merits of those rather than the massive package altogether? So that bill has a an uncertain fate. And I would just remind everyone, uh, no one is dismissing the $3.5 trillion out of hand, mostly because it hasn't been written yet. So nobody really knows what's in there. People know what some of the components are, or what some of the planks of the bill will be for sure. Uh, but nobody's read the bill because the bill's not done. Uh, it is projected that the final work product of the bill will be somewhere around 2,000 to 2,500 pages. Uh, we've actually got uh, Scott Rasmussen joining us coming up here at 235 today. Some fascinating polling from the American people about what they expect Congress to do once these bills uh, get to them. 
uh, you'll be surprised, maybe, uh, they actually expect members to read it uh, and understand it before they vote on it. I know that's radical stuff, but we believe in being radical on this show. So radical stuff, let's read the bill before we vote on it. Let's also break the bills down into proper components, the way they're supposed to be done. Uh, and let's have debate on the floor of the House and the Senate. Let's have amendments offered from both sides of the aisle to make the bill better. And then let's vote in front of the American people. That's the way it's supposed to be. So there is a lot of wrangling going on as it uh, relates to all of this spending. Uh, And don't forget that pesky little thing called the debt ceiling. Uh, Some in Congress have said, you know what? The debt ceiling just doesn't matter anymore. We should just get rid of it altogether. We can deficit spend forever as long as things are going okay. And if that's what you believe then why are we collecting taxes at all? Why should we not just let everybody keep all of their money if deficit spending doesn't really matter? That's something to think about on a Friday. We'll be right back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.